you will laugh all the way home, with personality larger than life. Bold. Daring. Disruptive. Unconventional. Without any filter on Unfiltered 101 Podcast. Park that Big Mac truck right in this little garage Make it cream, make me scream I don't public, make the scene I don't cook, I don't clean But let Aye. me tell you, I got Aye. this ring Gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me Quick yeah. jump out for you, let it get inside of me I tell them yeah. where to put it, never tell them where I'm about to be I run down on them before I have a nigga running me Talk your shit, bite your lip Ask for a call while you ride that dick You really ain't never got him fucking for a thing He already made his mind up before he came Now get your boots, hang your coat Fuck this wet ass pussy He bought a phone just for pictures of this wet ass pussy Pay my tuition just to kiss me on this wet ass pussy Now make it rain if you wanna see some wet ass pussy Look, I need a hard hit, I need a deep stroke I need a henny drink, I need a weed smoke Not a garden snake, I need a king cobra With a hook in it, hopefully lean over He got some money, then that's where I'm headed Pussy A1, just like his credit He got a beard, well I'm tryna wet it I let him taste it, now he diabetic I don't wanna spit, I wanna go, I wanna gag I want a joke, I want you to touch that little dangly thing that's swinging the back of my throat My head game is fire, Bunani the sunny is going and drying, it's coming outside Yeah, I run yeah. on that thing, now the cuz behind me, I spit on his mic and I heat tryna sign me Your honor, I'm a freak bitch, handcuffs, leashes, switch my wig, make him feel like he cheating Put him on his knees, give him something to believe in, never lost a fight, but I'm looking for a beat In the food chain, I'm the one that eat ya, if he ate my ass, he's a bottom feeder Big D stand for big demeanor, I can make you bust before I ever meet ya If it don't hang, then he can't bang, you can't hurt my feelings, but I like pain if he Fuck me and ask who's is it when I ride the dick, I'ma spell my name. Yeah, you fucking with some wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. Give me everything you got for this wet ass pussy. Now from the top, make it drop. That's some wet ass pussy. Now get a bucket and a mop. That's some wet ass pussy. I'm talking wop, wop, wop. That's some wet ass pussy. Macaroni in a pot. That's some wet ass pussy, huh? If you don't hang, it don't bang, it don't hurt my feelings. Screw, screw. Had that? Oh, yes. I was delivering some bass and writing the beat already. <laughs> Did I just say D? Oh, yes, it's a D. Making this style in Caribbean with WAP on Unfiltered 101 podcast with myself, Shalom Fama Gwetlani. Talk about some liberation right there, allowing women to express themselves fully on how they seek and find pleasure sexually. 
add a self-pleasure through dildos, masturbation, massages, or by engaging in intimacy with their partners, hookups, etc. The past year saw us lose uh, Betty Dodson, a woman's guru on self-pleasure at 91. She used to say masturbation will get you through childhood, purity, romance, marriage, and divorce, and it will see you through old age. Because, I mean, what is more important than self-pleasure, right? And my guest today does not mean her words when it comes to sex. She says it's a deal breaker for her. Her entire existence is a negotiation. So she is not up for negotiating sex. In almost all the sex seminars I've been to, there is not so much inclusion for the differently abled individuals. So I found it befitting that I get in touch with Mahosi to tap into how she navigates sex as a disabled woman and what changes she'd like to see in the near future as far as, as sex is concerned in that particular field, right? So for me, sex is as sacred as art, the highest form of energy exchange. Perhaps that's why I'm still what society would label a virgin, because I'm still waiting for the right time, the chemistry, synergy, and more. But Fepin keeps me great company. Like they always say, your life is in your feet, is in your hands, right? Or something like the future is in your hands, something like that. But yeah, you get what I mean. So as a partner to your woman, how do you ensure that the bedroom strokes and entire TRC is on stewards? How do you keep the lead excited? I know most men struggle with locating the lead, but that's a topic for another day. How do you keep the appetite up in skies? Mahosi joins me to just talk about all of these things. She is a content contributor for sex topics on various uh, publications, and she's a sex worker, and she is such a liberated woman. Mahosi is here to share all of this with us, and I'm so excited. She is such a darling. Guys, you're going to hear the magic that she has. So good morning and welcome to Unfiltered 101 Podcast. This episode is called Sex and Disability with Mahosi. Good morning. Hello, Mahosi, and welcome to Unfiltered 101 Podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. It's amazing, likewise. Um, I came across you on Twitter because I was like, who is this uh, person who is so vocal about sex stuff? Yet we know we in a black society that is really not so comfortable with discussing such things. I think you would know that when you are young, you get told that stay away from boys, don't play with boys when you are having your menstruation, etc. But you never get told the reasons behind that. And I think it was fascinating that I find someone who is so open about these things. And I want to know what actually prompted you to, you know, be so open and talk so openly about it. It's it's interesting when people say I'm open about sex because sex is like the oldest thing that exists between humanity. You know, <laughs> uh, we're here because of sex. You know, and it's it's fascinating how we treat it as this thing that we should never talk about, but it's 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 something that we all love because you walk into any room 
and, and, and people are talking about sex or insinuating about sex or making jokes that have like some kind of sexual connotation to it, you know. And we grew up, yes, being told stay away from boys, you know, and nobody would tell you why. But then the boys are not staying away from us or they're not being told to stay away from girls. Uh, so it started, I started questioning, how come it's a, it's a one-way street, you know? Um, because I've never heard my, my, my brothers or my cousins being told to stay away from, from girls, you know, but I was told to stay away from boys from, jeez, I, I don't know when. So um, I just, I started talking about sex online, I think 2010, yeah, 2011, when I started joining Twitter seriously. I used to have a blog and, you know, we would, like tell stories about our experiences and I was still in my 20s then and having to come across women who keep saying but I didn't know that but I, and you keep thinking this can't be the same story I'm in my 30s and I'm still meeting women who say but I didn't know that but this is this is not what is supposed to be happening so I think that's why I'm there because I started my 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 current conversation about sex and disability i started it because i couldn't find black disabled women talking about sex and black disabled women are not being dated out there so that's how i accidentally ended up in this space <laughs> i'm rambling oh, okay okay I, I i totally understand you and yeah. i want you to to tell me like since you are a differently abled woman and I want to know what does pleasure mean to you and how do you find pleasure now as a differently able person as compared to I want to know how you know your sexual experience has changed both prior um, and post the the disability. Um now it's more well, before it was an out of body, it was a, a an all body experience. But now, I have to focus on other major areas. So I always say the skin is the biggest organ that you have, and that's your biggest sex organ. So I've had to integrate a lot of my sexuality into physical play that I can't possibly perform, which I was able to. And it's a it's a learning experience because everything is new now. You know, I have to readjust and relearn my body and and relearn how to be a sexual being basically because um losing my mobility also meant that i lost my sexuality at some point so this is just me trying to regain all of that back all right uh because i i remember when talking to a friend i don't know if you're watching the lockdown party right and on the lockdown party there was a DJ who was also an, on a wheelchair. And because he was a man, I remember my friend saying to me, probably with him, it's not so difficult as compared to the women because there are more sex positions that actually favor disabled men as compared to disabled women. Would that be true? That is very true. That is very true. Um, even with uh, sex education in, in rehab and in the hospitals, I remember when I was in rehab and we were being given the sex education, if you want to call it that. <laughs> Excuse me. And it was very male-centered. So everything was about how to please this man now that you're this disabled person, you know, how to 
make yourself the sexy person and you know hopefully this man that you're with will still stick around because now you're this broken woman and it, it took away from from women and nobody was talking about how now you're this person that has to um, redefine that sexuality you know and how you need to adjust to, to your new being and you're just concentrating on this man and pleasing this man i found it very very strange so yes the the, the conversation around sex and disabled people is mainly about how men need to be accommodated and how everything needs to be comfortable for them nobody talks about the women and I, I think women are forgotten. Once you become disabled, you're this, this yeah, you're disposed of and you're forgotten. So nobody ever thinks about, oh wow, this person has needs, you know, they are human like um you and I. So yeah, that's what I keep trying to bring back to the conversation that disabled women are women too. You know, yes, we might not be able to to do other things, but we're still women. You know, it doesn't take away our disability, doesn't make us any less women in any way. Yeah, and when you were saying this, to me it brings about uh, the concept of sexual and uh, reproductive health and rights on how I think you might be so challenged into having access to that because the system already does not prioritize having women who are so liberated about their sexual being and navigating the sex space. I have been thinking about um, getting on birth control, but just the idea of having to go to the clinic. I mean, already when I go to the clinic for my checkup, I go there by myself and I'm always asked if I have somebody with me, you know, because uh, obviously I'm, I'm disabled. So I, I must need somebody to come in and, and babysit me, for lack of a better word. So I can only imagine what the conversation will be like should I decide that I actually need to get on birth control, you know, and and, and do something about it. I haven't considered it because um, partnered sex or the need for birth control hasn't come up in my life lately. But should there be a time when I do need to, to get on birth control, I, it's going to be quite an interesting experience. I actually, I should, um, I should see how that goes. Yeah. We are advised to pleasurize ourselves, right? To have pleasure by ourselves without really depending on our partners. And how do we have safe sexual pleasure by ourselves? Because we get sex toys, we use them, we buy them. But oftentimes you hear people say, oh, it does not sit well with me. I don't like it anymore. What do we do to try and enjoy people, giving ourselves I think, pleasure? Um, get stuck in, in expecting a toy to to give us the same pleasure that you know it gave us the first time that we used it. That's that's the other thing about using toys is that every toy gives you like a different experience, you know, and you you develop a taste and you kind of start defining what you like and what works for you. So. The more you use toys, the more you get used to better things. You know, it's like it's like having a, a, a chocolate. The first time you have a, a chocolate, you're thinking, this is the best chocolate that I've ever had. But then you get on a plane, you go to Switzerland, and you have chocolate there, and you think, this is the best chocolate I've ever had. You know, so so it's it's, <laughs> it's different levels, you know. <laughs> so you want what you find here, 
it's not what you're going to find somewhere else. So people, I, I encourage people to explore because all the experiences that you have, they're all going to be good experiences. They're going to be different, but they're going to be good. And that's why people also need to open their, themselves to other options. Like, don't just stick to one toy. If you have a toy, try something different every time and then and see where it takes you. And, you know, because the, the thing about the disabled community as well is that a lot of the toys that are produced and a lot of the toys that are on the market are on the market because disabled people are creating these toys. So we are basically creating these toys for health and for self-pleasure because of neglect. And then the whole world comes and takes up the space with the toys. And you're thinking, yeah, but what about us? Because at the end of the day, the toys become so expensive that the people that actually started them can't even afford them in the end. So it's a, it's a very interesting thing. If, if you were to look at a lot of the uh, sensory-based toys that like need your skin or your nerve endings or something like that, that are very focused on anything else besides genital pleasure, you'll realize that they come from a need that was picked up by a disabled person somewhere. And then it, it came into into like a sexual aspect of, of it. And that's how it, it came onto the market. It's very interesting, actually, um, how the disabled community plays a big role in how toys are evolving and, and how they come into being. So, yeah, uh, people must just, you must explore. This, this, the world is so big. The thing about the lockdown is that it showed me how big the world is. Because you get on the internet and you're thinking you know things and you just get stuck in this rabbit hole and it's it's amazing what's out there. It's really amazing. Yeah. And isn't it beautiful how the people that are normally regarded as the minority of the society, such as the LGBTIQ plus community and the disabled people, are actually the, the most and the of, the of the conversation everything that has everything to do with sexual pleasure. It's very, very interesting. It's a bit ironic, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. It's very, very ironic. I want you to give me like um your top five favorite sex toys that you would recommend to anyone, even myself, yeah. because top I want to try out some. <laughs> okay. The first one, absolutely <laughs> recommend a love pod. I think everybody should get a love pod. There's one that looks like it's a, it looks like a brush. So a love pod, definitely a massager. You can get there's the mini one as well. So um, Tony Braxton was online with hers on her face, and she says she uses it on her face. Yes, Tony, I use my, I actually use my massager on a, my on a migraine yesterday or day before yesterday, and it worked. So I believe, Tony, that it works for her skin looking like it does. <laughs> and then, obviously, you can't <laughs> ever talk about sex toys without talking about the original rabbit. You know, um, I think it was the first one that we saw on Sex in the City, and it's one of the, the mainstays. Like, it evolves, and it changes into something else, but there's always the element of the rabbit in, in a lot of the vibrators. So... Uh, those are the top three. Number four. Hmm. Wait, wait, wait. 
the rabbit one is it the one that looks like a, a no. building that has been built by <laughs> Acom? Just looks like it's vibrating. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, the rabbits. Uh, it's actually in one of my pictures. It it looks like it's got like claws. It's I'll send you a picture of it, but it's. Yeah, it's one of the the mainstay in in, right. in the industry. I mean, I've seen variations of the rabbit, but it you can see where they all get the inspiration from. And then the fourth one, sure, I'll have top three. I don't think I have enough choice to have the top five yet. I'm still, you know, I think I don't have a, a collection that's vast enough for me to say I have a top five, but I do have a top three, and those are my top three. So the love pod, a massager, and oh, oh. the rabbit, those are definitely my top three for now. But since the lockdown is almost over, I should be able to get international shipping. I'm hoping that I'll be uh, pleasantly surprised by Amazon very soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, when we were having a conversation yesterday as a trial, you spoke about sex work, right? And I wanted to know how how do you navigate the space as it is? I'm able lucky woman? that it's mostly online. I don't know if I can say I'm lucky that it's mostly online, but being able to to switch off my phone or being able to block people is easily the best thing about or the safest thing about being in this industry. Um, I can only imagine what. Um, other people who actually have to walk the streets are subjected to. And from what I'm experiencing just by being online, and this is me not even doing anything sexually suggestive online or posting anything that might, you know, come across as, you know, risque for any, in under any kind of light, the kind of conversations or the kind of approaches that I'm having from particularly men has been very, very unevening. So I'm glad that I'm able to take the agency away from them and, and block them, you know, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to do this. It's it's just, it's too much, you know. It's Everybody talks about how they want to be in the sex industry and they want to do this, but people don't talk about how much it wears down on you to be constantly badgered by people who don't even bother to read what you're talking about. Because if people actually read what my page was about they understand that coming into my DMs with the kind of conversations that they're having with me is is um is not what I'm there for, but it is what it is. It it comes with the job. So, you know, <laughs> um I knew there were there were risks. I just didn't know that it would start so early. I can only imagine what would the conversation be like if I was taking any risque pictures or anything that would be considered sexual in any way. So, yeah, it's a tough industry, eh? Very, very, very tough because earlier on this week, I was having a conversation with Skate Wheeler. She is a senior researcher yes. at Human Rights Watch. And we were talking about how there's so much stigmatization yes. around sex work though it seems to be a very booming industry in South Africa, there's still stigmatization, which we don't know whether it's brought up by cultural beliefs or maybe even religious views. It's entitlement. Um, because the people that, that come and, and harass you in the DMs, 
they're not even there to to harass you because you know they think you're doing something wrong. They're trying to get something free from you. So I always say, and everybody hates sex workers until they're trying to get until you know sex workers are trying to get money out of them. Um, so people get moral and they'll tell you, oh, what you're doing is wrong and whatnot. But when you're in the DMs trying to solicit free pictures or free content. You know, where are your morals? If I'm doing something so wrong and so disgusting, why are you trying to get it from me for free? You know, so that's why I don't take people. People can protest and talk about how the sex industry is dangerous. Yes, because people are shunning sex workers instead of creating a safe environment and decriminalizing sex work. Decriminalize sex work so that you're able to protect sex workers and you want us to pay tax. Well, we willingly... Well, and happy you will pay tax, but I need to be able to know that when I'm paying my tax from using my body to get money, I'm protected by the system, you know. So everybody is moral until it's, it's time to get something from the sex workers. So I, I don't take people who, they can stigmatize all they want. And I always have time to talk about, you know, the stigmatization. And I always have time to talk about the sex industry, but... If you're going to talk about it, you need to talk about it. Stick to the facts. Don't talk. Don't tell me about how it makes you feel, or you know what your conscience says about it, or what you think is wrong or what is right. Stick to the facts and give me the facts, and then we'll talk about that. Let's talk. Let's not talk about your emotions. This is not about how you feel. I don't care about how you feel. Tell me the facts about why the sex industry shouldn't be legalized or why it shouldn't be decriminalized. Then tell me why you object to sex work and be objective in, in your answers and then we'll take it from there. But don't tell me, I, I just don't like it. That's that's not a conversation I'm going to have with a, a, what I consider to be a, a grown-up or a decent human being, you know. Yeah. yeah, and I think the lamest thing I have ever had come as an excuse from government officials will be that, oh, you know, Lesotho, South Africa and Botswana, we are Christian countries, so we cannot permit such. And I'm like, how funny is it that you are a Christian country, but in the political game, you kill one another like life does not even but matter. Again, what does Christ have to do with my work? <laughs> like if we're going <laughs> if we're going to want to take a Christian aspect of this and, and uh want to get religious about this, then we're going to have to strip everything down to religion, including the religion itself. And I don't think anybody would like that. So that's why I say I'm not going to entertain something that's going to try and guilt me into this. I need somebody who's, who's going to talk to me about the facts of, of, of sex work and why they might be against it, but don't bring religion into it. Because if we're going to talk about religion and what religion has done to this world as it is, then it's going to be an ongoing conversation and nobody's going to like what I have any, what I have to say about it. You know, and I always say, Keep God and religion out of my vagina and keep them out of my bedroom and then we could. Yes. Um, because I'm like, they do not have anything to contribute because even the very Bible that they used to fight, it, I think 2400 BCE from the Samarian records, it shows that sex work has been made an occupation. So that argument does not really stand exactly. a chance with me. Um, I, I want us to talk about wheels on toys. What is it about 
how did you go about it uh well it started as just it started just as a a documenting of my recovery because i was gifted um sex toys by a friend and then so i started tweeting about the the changes that i was experiencing because before i started using sex toys like i had i was incontinent and things like that you know um because of the damage that i experienced with the disability so when um when i got the toys and i started using them i was surprised because i'm like i didn't know this could change my life and then i started tweeting about it you know and uh i got a job I stopped talking about it because when you're working you really don't have time to think. Yeah. And then um the lockdown happened and for the first couple of weeks I think I was stunned about just the world just stopping. And I thought the last time the world stopped for me was in 2016 and I wasn't sure about what to do because I felt so stuck and it was a very dark time in my life and i thought you know what to avoid that depressive episode again i need to do something and and stay creative and that's how wheels and toys took like took life and now it's 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 growing i think i'm not sure but i think having so many people online and paying attention it's 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 growing into a conversation you know and and people are actually noticing that there are other things to life even as a disabled person because uh people will talk about how they know disabled people or how they are disabled with how they have disabled friends but nobody again nobody talks about you know oh i saw them dating or they have a partner or they went out to things like that you know or when you're thinking about fixing somebody up nobody thinks Oh, I know this girl or I know this guy who's disabled and I think you'd match with them but you don't think that you'd match with them because that human you thinking oh you know the that disabled so they should probably match with somebody who's disabled or things like that or you don't want to get involved in things like that so um finding a a community that affirms that disabled people do matter has also been part of the reason why wheels and toys has grown so much that i've decided to just now fully stand behind it and and make something good out of it all right um mahosi thank you very much for having joined me i think when i was about to have this conversation i was like do i hold back like what do i do but then you opened up so quickly where i eventually thought like i have known this person for a very long time <laughs> i love talking about myself so <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah this is a good thing yeah it's been very beautiful so if people want to collaborate with you perhaps call you to the seminars how can they get hold of you oh they can get a hold of me on twitter or on instagram um my handle is the same on both sides i have a website but it's live but it doesn't have any content on it i'm shamefully he still need to get to that um but it's uh, wheels and toys both on twitter and on instagram but the good thing about instagram is that if they ask me questions on there i can actually respond faster and i send voice notes on instagram which i prefer 
So yeah, that's how they can get a hold of me. All right. I uh, thank you very much once again for having agreed to have this chat with me. And I wish you all the best in your journey. Have yourself a very beautiful time for the rest of the year. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so It's much. Okay. All right, then. Bye-bye. Okay.